Hello and welcome to Baylor Connections, a conversation series with the people shaping our future. Each week we go in-depth with Baylor leaders, professors, and more discussing important topics in higher education, research, and student life. I'm Derek Smith, and today we are talking with a new member of the Baylor faculty as of the 2023-24 year, Dr. Felipe Hinojosa. Dr. Hinojosa serves as the John and Nancy Jackson Endowed Chair in Latin America and Professor of History at Baylor. A historian, author, and higher education leader, Dr. Hinojosa came to Baylor from Texas A&M, where he served as Professor of History, Assistant Provost for Hispanic Serving Institution Initiatives, and Director for the Carlos H. Contu Hispanic Education and Opportunity Endowment. At Baylor, he'll provide leadership in the Baylor and Latin America Initiative, which will build advancement research and engagement with countries across Latin America and peer universities across the U.S. Well, Dr. Hinojosa, we're glad to have you here at Baylor. Glad to have you on the program today. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. About your first uh, few months here at at Baylor, how have they been? What have uh, you enjoyed? What stood out? Well, you know, it's been... Uh, such an incredible time, just getting to know my brilliant colleagues, uh, engaging students. There's a good vibe uh, here at Baylor. There's a good energy uh, that I love, and and um, everyone has been so nice and so welcoming. I'm just excited to be here and, and to join the faculty. Uh, it, it's it's a good time, I think, uh, to, to, to be at Baylor and to be contributing to something that, you know, um, I really believe in in terms of doing research in Latin America and uh, uh, on Latinos in the United States. Uh, so, yeah, I'm happy to be here. It's been such a wonderful uh, experience so far. Well, yeah, we're going to talk about your research uh, extensively here, but I'm curious, yeah. uh, the, the teaching side of things, uh, what's, uh, what have you enjoyed about that? Well, I'll tell you what, you know, last fall I taught a graduate uh, seminar in readings in Latino history and I had grad students from all over the country. Uh, that was different from my experience at, at my previous institution. So folks from California, from Georgia, from Boston, from Indiana. So there were people from all over the place. And I think that brings uh, uh, a different kind of perspective and ideas about the experience of Latinos, of people of color, uh, when we talk about U.S. history and its relationship to Latin America. So it's it's been wonderful so far. I've loved it. Well, we're glad to have you uh, here coming here from Texas A&M. Certainly a great institution, but definitely a little rival. We're glad to have you uh, to have, uh, to, to have uh, pulled you, uh, For pulled sure. you away here. Yeah. Well, you know, I mentioned your, your role, the John and Nancy Jackson Endowed Chair in Latin America and, of course, Professor at, at History. You know, I'm curious. I mean, Texas A&M, all joking aside, a fantastic institution. Yes. You, know, you had a lot of good things going right. on. So, so why this role? What, what, what drew you here? You know, I think there, there were a number of things that, that drew me here. I think, first of all, the, the ways in which Baylor, when I, was, when I began first talking to folks here, uh, the ways in which Baylor was conceptualizing Latin America and to think about uh, really the Americas and a hemispheric approach to Latin America, to think about not just the region, but also um, U.S. foreign policy, the ways in which uh, the history of the United States and its engagements with Latin America have um, really facilitated, made possible, created, um, you know, uh, uh, uprooted people from Latin America to come to the United States. And so in order to understand you know, the, the, these, the issue of immigration today, you really have to look at that history. You've got to take a hemispheric approach to it. 
And that's what really excited me about being at Baylor. And the other thing, of course, is the obvious, the, uh, it being a faith institution, being able to engage with folks that um, are experts and do research in religious studies was something that was really, really attractive to me. I'm engaged in that work myself as a historian. Uh, so I was attracted to the possibility of being able to have conversations over coffee and exchange ideas with religious studies scholars. That th- Those two things, I think, really drew me here to want to be here at Baylor. And, I, I, you know, I'll just be totally honest, you know, just uh, a smaller institution uh, it feels cozy here. It's comfortable, and there's a really good vibe, as I mentioned at the beginning. So all, all those things I think really attracted me here. Very exciting as we visit yeah. <laughs> with Dr. Felipe Inojosa here on Baylor Connections, and let's get to know you uh, better a little bit. Your path to to higher education and your uh, your research focus was 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 a higher ed career. Something you knew you wanted early on, or when did that develop? Oh, absolutely not. No, no, okay. I didn't even know what that was about. I didn't grow up. Uh, knowing anybody with a Ph.D. Uh, I grew up uh, uh, surrounded really by churches. My dad was a pastor. Uh, I'm the youngest of seven uh, children. I had grew up with five sisters, very strong, rowdy, uh, rambunctious uh, women in the house that that raised me. Uh, My dad was an incredible storyteller. Uh, So for me, those combinations of being around a lot of people, uh, dad, you know, being an incredible storyteller, being a pastor, and the church community, I think, attracted me to teaching, to being a part of conversations around education and so forth. But listen, I had a dream to be a social studies teacher in high school and a football coach. That was the dream early cool. on. That's what I wanted to do. Uh, I still love the game of football. Uh, I follow it very, very closely. Um, but that was my world uh, in growing up in South Texas, and that's the that's the kind of the extent to what I what I thought about. Higher education didn't come until later. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, as you you mentioned, you know, growing up the the the, the son of a, a pastor, and you know, you just think of all the you know relationships that that form from that. Are there ways that you look back? And say, okay, those experiences or those people that I that were part of our community kind of pushed you towards the focuses that are important to you now. Maybe you didn't see yourself going in higher education, but now that you're in it, you the things that are important to you. How much were they shaped by those experiences? Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I grew up in Brownsville, Texas, so the southernmost tip of Texas. I grew up a ten-minute walk from the border to Matamoros. Um, you know, you could literally walk to get. Taquitos and Matamoros, as we as we used to do growing up uh, in Brownsville, but I, you know, look, it's only been in looking back where I think about the church community that I was raised in, a predominantly Mexican American congregation, uh, working class. Uh, it was in the barrio. It uh, we had an incredible gymnasium that uh, was made of cinder blocks and a tile floor that we played basketball. You know, we all had these Michael Jordan dreams in the '90s, and that's what we did played a lot of basketball with neighborhood kids and so forth. And it was a church that was very committed to its community and serving its surrounding community. There were a lot of programs that we had, uh, and we were uh, uh, an evangelical. We were a Protestant, uh, Anabaptist, Mennonite church, uh, not Catholic. And so growing up in that particular context, I think, really has pushed me to try to answer these questions of what it means to be Latino in the United States, to be non-Catholic, to grow up in uh, a more sort of Protestant 
uh, and Anabaptist world like I did. And those have been the questions that have fueled my own research and what I do in higher education and, and how I teach my classes, frankly. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you describe some of those questions that you, you seek to answer. Where are some of the places that those pursuits take you, certainly from an academic standpoint, but I know it's not strictly academic when you're meeting with people or, or learning about their lives. It's taken me everywhere. You know, I, Dad being a pastor, we grew up uh, going to a lot of church conferences in the Midwest um, so, you know, places like Kansas and Indiana and Illinois and Iowa became very familiar uh, spaces to me. And so th- those are the, the places that I was drawn to with my first book when I was writing about uh, Latinos in the Mennonite church and their civil rights activism and so forth. Uh, I think the second half of that was that uh, cities have always been an important place uh, of, of congregation, uh, we, you know, had family in Houston growing up. We used to go to Houston all the time, and cities just fascinated me. Um, and it's taken me, I think, to sort of exploring the place of Latinos in neighborhoods of these larger American cities, because those are the places where, you know, us as a community, we're trying to figure out what our place is in American society. And looking at the place of cities, I think, really uh, highlights that and gets us moving in that direction. Um, I think the other thing that I'll add there, too, is that, you know, the, the, the church that I grew up in um, was not just committed to its neighborhood and its community. In the 1980s, it got wrapped up, um, not by its own choosing, but because of the politics uh, in Central America. It got wrapped up in the sanctuary movement and became a place where refugees from Central America came to find a place to get a warm meal, maybe take a shower and make contact with family in the north. Oh, um, that was a transformative experience for me as a kid. I think I was probably in about seventh or eighth grade at the time playing basketball and learning to play soccer with people from Central America whose life circumstances I obviously did not understand, right, and didn't understand the politics at that time. Uh, but as I look back, I know that that was a really formative moment because it has kept me sort of asking, what is the role of church in society? What, is, what, what responsibility do we have as people of faith to respond to some of the, the, the significant and important questions of our time. You know, I think you may, as you ask those questions there, may have just answered the question I have, but I want to ask you specifically, you know, when you're interacting with your students yeah. or interacting with readers who are reading your, your scholarship or even listeners to this show, what are some of the questions that if people engage with you in your work, you want them to ask? Or what are some of the things, the, the places you want your students to mentally take themselves if they have a different background? Yeah, you know, I I am a firm believer that Latino history is American history. And in the belief that Latinos have a long history of contributing to um, uh, the democratic process in the United States, fighting for voting rights, uh, fighting for a place to call home, um, those have been very, very significant things to Latinos. When When I get into a classroom full of students with diverse backgrounds, for me it starts with, what does it mean to be an American? What does it mean to be an American? What are these questions of citizenship, of democracy, of political involvement, and even of personal responsibility that we have to make this country better, right? And so for me, it starts there. It's with these big, broad questions of, you know, what are our responsibilities and what does it mean to be an American? And as we engage those questions, I take my students through the stories of people of Latin American descent in the United States and the ways in which they have 
as outsiders to the nation and as people that have uh, taken on themselves a very sort of American identity through generational assimilation or acculturation into into the, the, the places that they've grown up, speaking Spanglish, mixing English and Spanish and cultural mixes and so forth, all of those things, I want my students to, to in a way, rediscover America and see it from a whole different vantage point. This is Baylor Connections. We are visiting with Dr. Felipe Hinojosa, the John and Nancy Jackson Endowed Chair in Latin America and Professor of History here at Baylor. Let's talk a little more about this this Jackson chair role. You know, you think about there's been a lot of these chair positions that have grown here at Baylor in recent years uh, through Illuminate and Give Light, each with a a different area of focus. You you painted a picture for us of what attracted you to to, to this role. But, you know, obviously you talk about, uh, you know, vision. You had to envision yourself in this role when you were thinking about it and, and what you could do. What was most compelling to you about the opportunities that a that a chair position at a place that had the Baylor and Latin America uh, initiative as one of five signature initiatives that, that what you could accomplish? Really, I think it was about bringing my faith and my research together, right, and being able to be at a place where where we were going to have those conversations about what it means to be um, Latino in the United States, what it what it means to be in a state whose demographics have already change dramatically and are going to continue to change. Um, you know, I, I, by I think it is 2050 or something, Latinos are going to be something around 53 million in, in in the state of Texas. That's like California and New York combined in terms of thinking about population numbers. Um, demographics mean something, they matter, but they're not everything, right? They're not destiny. And so thinking about that demographic shift and what it means now for Baylor what Baylor's responsibilities are to the community uh, in terms of student outreach, in terms of student recruitment, uh, in terms of the curriculum that it offers. Uh, the, all of those things were, were really central and add to that a sense of uh, combining uh, or, or using our research and the work that we do, not just myself, but other people here at Baylor, to answer some of the most pressing questions of poverty, of uh, access to health care, uh, housing rights, and of course, immigration, right? Um, it's, it's, it's at the forefront of a lot of these political discussions. And oftentimes, politicians leave out people's humanities, right? We, we see, uh, or at least the, the picture that's painted is one of a threat or criminality. Uh, and we forget the humanity in all of that. And I think there's really, really good room and possibility for Baylor to from a position of faith and from an institution that cares very deeply about uh, excellence in research to try to say, how can we humanize this process and how can we use our research to really address some of these more uh, more pressing questions? What what does it mean to you? You know, you you mentioned you know you have this chair role, but it's it's not just you. It's it's it's, it's everyone joining. What does it mean to you to try to galvanize? Uh, you know, you've got a lot of great colleagues, as you said here on campus, to try to work with them and partner and find ways to to work on this together. You know, I, I come from a big family, and I come from a church that's always you know worked at at building community, and that's what I believe. That's what I want to bring to uh, to Baylor uh, to try to work with folks that that are specialists in Latin America and in Latinos in the U.S. Um, or specialists in race and ethnicity and folks that cover a broad variety of topics. Um, that's what I firmly believe in. I, 
you know, we tend to sort of think about research as an isolating process, as sort of a singular process where you, you know, as a scholar, you, as a historian especially, you go to the archives alone, you, you go and you write, uh, you know, the book or the article or whatever it is. And I think we forget that uh, the work that we do is, is, or at least I believe it should be very communal. It should be something where we bring in folks to uh, not just serve as peer reviewers, right, but, but really to sort of help us think about things in different ways and, and gain ac- access to information that we otherwise would not have had. Um, you know, I certainly uh, see myself as an expert in Latino history in the United States, but not somebody that knows everything. I need my community. I need people around me to, to sort of help me see a clearer path. And that's the sense that I get. This is the vibe that I spoke about earlier where I get here where folks are like, let's collaborate. Let's do something together. Let's, you know, let's talk about what it means to teach uh, U.S. history from a global perspective or to think about the place of the United States in global politics, right? That's exciting to me. I don't just want to be locked up in some room doing this work on my own. I know that's part of it. That's what we do as scholars and so forth. But um, I love that community part, and I love learning from folks that are certainly a lot smarter than I am. So that's really <laughs> that's the fun part. And smarter to get everyone smarter together too. Right? That's right, absolutely together, yeah. right. Let's, and let's have a good time. Let's have some food. Mm-hmm. Let's get some music. Let, you know, let's exchange ideas. That's beautiful. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Hinojosa, you know, you, you, you think about the Baylor Latin America Initiative and alongside others, you know, like data sciences. I mean, there's uh, so multifaceted, you, you kind of know, okay, you're going to have some statistical scientists, right. some computer scientists, mathematicians. You know, there's definitely some, some foundational pieces in each of these. Uh, health, certainly, sure. you know, ties together. Baylor and Latin America can touch on seemingly an infinite number of areas uh, when you think about that as a, as an initiative. So, you know, for you, uh, wh- where do you begin? Obviously, just getting to know your colleagues and your students has been a part of that. But what have been some ways that you've been able to kind of take this huge process and start out in some bite-sized ways? I mean, it starts with the relationships. And it really starts in understanding that we need people that are in disciplines that seem to be very distant uh, from from ours in in, in the humanities, right? But to think about um, working with social scientists or to think about working with uh, scientists that are focused on the environment, uh, water rights, to look at people that, that uh, are legal scholars and to bring in folks from different perspectives. The border region, which this Latin America initiative, the Texas-Mexico border is a major focus of this, uh, encompasses all of those things. Land rights, um, access to health care, people that have an understanding for uh, educational rights and access to education for folks uh, on, on the Texas-Mexico border, um, and cross-border relationships between families and culture and what, you know, music and all of these sorts of things. There's no way that we can do this without taking an interdisciplinary approach. We have to open up, uh, you know, these possibilities and engage with scholars in different fields. Uh, And I'm very, very interested and very invested in that. Some of the research that I've done in the past has combined legal scholars from uh, the Texas A&M Law School in Fort Worth, where we've looked at the legal needs in the Rio Grande Valley and and the lack of really access to um, uh, lawyers, uh, just at a very sort of basic level, right, for for folks to, to sort of figure out 
legal rights, wills, um, land rights, uh, all of these sorts of things that are major, major questions for, for families. To do that here at Baylor, I think, really opens up us, us up to some great possibilities to say, let's move out of our silos. Let's get out of, you know, as great as the, the, the Tidwell building is, uh, you know, in history and religious studies and sociology and so forth. But to think about, okay, where are the folks that are doing this work in different fields and from, from different perspectives, and how can we work collaboratively? Well, Dr. Hinojosa, as we wind down on the program, you know, you've painted this picture, but I want to kind of ask you again in close because it seems to encompass so much of what uh, is part of your research, uh, you know, th- whether whether it was when you were a child uh, mm. at your church or <laughs> even now, that idea of, of, of serving your neighbors with, with your neighbors. How much does that kind of drive what, what, what's coming ahead as we close? It's first and foremost, you know, I love also that that's first and foremost for Baylor. This is about research. This is about service. This is about taking what we do and not keeping it locked up, not putting it on some shelf for it to collect dust. We want to do research that is going to address some of the major questions of our time. Uh, And we are committed to that. I know Baylor's committed to that. I'm certainly committed to that. Uh, And it starts with relationships and it starts with taking the work that we do very seriously, using all of our skills, whether it's the language skills we have, whether we have an understanding of cultures, a scientific view, a legal view, all of those things, bringing them together and saying, what are you know, the, the, the major problems that we can address and help? How can we collaborate with communities, not come in as these external researchers and say, Here's our, here are our solutions to the problems, but how can we work together with communities to try to say, here, here's, here are the questions that we have. These are the responses. What are people thinking and how are people working in this way? I think that's, for me, first and foremost, uh, and it takes me back really to where it all started for me at, at church and, and to have a community that said, we cannot, uh, you know, worship God here. We cannot just, you know, do our prayers and sing our coritos, you know, the, the, the fast rhythmic hymns, uh, all of that stuff. We can't just do that here without uh, engaging our neighbor and without opening the doors of the church to everyone. And I see that and I take that with me wherever I go. Well, that's wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing with us today. Excited to see the work that's, uh, that's ahead and uh, hope it's a uh, really great first year for you as you, you build here at Baylor. Thank you so much. Dr. Felipe Hinojosa, the John and Nancy Jackson Endowed Chair in Latin America and Professor of History at Baylor, our guest today on Baylor Connections. I'm Derek Smith. Remind you, you can hear this and other programs online, connections.baylor.edu. You can subscribe to the program on iTunes. Thanks for joining us here on Baylor Connections. Baylor Connections.